I just want to thank God for our Sunday school teachers, Sunday school uh, people. You people are just awesome. The prayer, your labor is so visible. Your commitment to Jesus is visible. People, it's not in quantity with God do. It's in faithfulness. It's not, God's not a God of numbers. It's not in quantity with God. That's why people get deceived. It's in what? Faithfulness. If you're faithful, faithful in the little, God wants us to be faithful. Even when we think it's little. Because with God, nothing is little that he's doing. So I just want to thank God for all of you and to let you know you, you encourage me huge to keep doing what we're doing. And we're all in this together. Can I hear amen? Thank you for being committed to the Lord, for serving him, for sacrificing, for really giving your time. See, one of the reasons I'm here, it's not because I'm good. It's because I knew early in my Christianity that if you want to walk with God, you have to honor him. Every opportunity to serve Jesus, I took it. Sunday school, I was in the Sunday school. I took exam with my wife. I beat her. I say, remember what I scored broke off. I scored 70, I think 78%. My wife scored, I won't tell you. But we were in the Sunday school. I, I was like a, almost to be a head of ministry in deeper life. They have interviewed me and they lost it. Move. Move now. That moved. My wife said, I'm not following you. They don't, tie, they don't cover their hair. So I said to God, I'm going back because you can't split what you joined together. I wasn't even home when she moved to, to the place. She, I don't know why people waste their time fighting things. If God is in it, relax, you get it done. So she moved. And then when we moved, we went to Sunday school, people. Class one. I didn't say, do you know where I came from? No, it's not important. Class one. Sister Alade was teaching us. Yemisi Omomomowo was my teacher. I can tell you all my Sunday school teachers. We took exams, class one. When I came here, the church where we went, Sunday school, class one. They were teaching us salvation. My wife was making notes. I sat there with my children. Never said to them, I pastored the church as big as your church. Never, it's nothing. I didn't even mention anything like that. I was enjoying their teaching. And the Lord said to me, time for you to move. Then the pastor called me and told me. He said, I'd do anything for you to plant a church for us. He said, somebody now told me, the pastor, you didn't say so. I said, sir, God is talking to me differently. He promised me everything. I said, I'm not looking for comfort. I'm looking for his will. If I have to sleep on the street, I'll sleep. But I follow Jesus. So, having taken this responsibility on yourselves, serving with all your heart, he deserves it. Don't let the devil make you slacken. Please don't. Those souls are important to him. Pray for them. Prepare your teaching. Get your study and make yourself available for the Spirit to use. There is nothing greater than serving Jesus. Praise the Lord.
to thank you for what you do. Thank you so very much. The Lord will bless you for me. Let's pray. Now my time starts. You have to reclock it. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for what you are doing in our midst. You know, unless you open our eyes, we won't even see what you are doing. We won't even notice it. <clears throat> but you are doing great and mighty things. Confirming it from the mouth of people. Look at this man that called me out of state and couldn't stop talking about the life of people he has noticed who were in this church and what quality of Christianity they have. That's one way you are saying keep doing what you are doing. Father, we are grateful for the Sunday school, for all the leaders, all the teachers that you have anointed and sent to do this very important work. We are in a battle with the enemy of souls who wants to destroy people. But you sent your army among them that their souls will be saved, will be preserved until the coming of Jesus. Thank you, merciful Father. Even as we go into your word, we thank you. You gave us your spirit who will lead us into all truth, who is the only one, only one who can open our eyes, open our understanding, and give us a revelation of Christ Jesus. Nobody, nobody can do this. Only your spirit can do it. And he's here, he will do it. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So uh, we're talking about working out our own salvation, part two. Working out our own salvation, part two. Philip, there is somebody here. God will heal you. You have a serious sickness. I don't know what it is, but it's a very dangerous thing. And you know it. You are going home today healed. You know it. By the time I finish this sermon, it's gone. You don't need prayer. God wants to confirm this word through you. He's doing it for this one purpose, that the world will know that the gospel is true. You have a serious condition. But by the time you leave here, you'll be fine. So you need to see your doctors and let them check you up. If you're a doctor yourself, you know you should do that. Let them check you up and confirm what the Lord has done. Can I hear amen? So we are talking about working out our own salvation, part two. Working out our own salvation, part two. Text is Philippians 2.12. Yeah. Doctor? Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. Work out your own what? Salvation with fear and trembling. Tartan, for it is God. Mark that, for it is still God which worketh in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. See, an understanding of what we are working out is very important. So last week, we started by going back to talk about this covenant we are living in now so we understand the basics and understand what we are engaging in and how it works so we can start working it out. 
if you don't understand the covenant in which we are living, what are you working on? What are you working on? So the Lord Jesus, we say that the Lord Jesus mediated peace. And I said, don't let that word peace get away from you. It's very key. The Lord Jesus mediated peace between you and God in a covenant of peace with his blood, his sacrifice. God reconciled you to himself through Jesus, nothing else. Nothing what? We're going to start studying the book of Galatia. Interesting. You will find that Galatia, Ephesians, all those books, they're just defending the gospel because of attack from the enemy against the gospel, which is still happening today. Defending the gospel furiously, explaining it, teaching it. So, there is nothing else that mediated peace between you sitting down there and God except the blood. And if the blood is the only thing that mediated peace between you and God, there is nothing else you can do to improve your relationship with God except through faith in Christ Jesus and growing in faith in him day by day. So in Colossians 1 verse 20, to 23, it says, and through him, please listen as we read, make sure you're part of this. And what? Through him, God did what? Reconciled everything to himself. Through him. Please listen to me. It's important that you get this. Don't, don't let the enemy stop you. Through him, God reconciled everything what? To himself. He made what? Peace. With what? Everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Everything, whether it's in heaven, whether it's on earth, everything, God reconciled everything to himself only by means of Christ's blood. Don't bring in your good works. He could not reconcile you to God. He couldn't. He said, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has What? Reconciled. Not going to. Not will. Now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result of this reconciliation now, he has brought you into his own. Who brought you there? God did. It's not you that you didn't. The plan of salvation is not your plan. God did. And you are holy now and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Because your sins are forgiven. If God holds sin against you, you are not reconciled with him. Just know that. And God is not a human being. He doesn't talk. He doesn't think like us. 
He said, my love is beyond human what? That God will do this for us while we were yet sinners. You can't, you can't grasp it with your human thinking. Just forget it. You can't. It's amazing. That's why the, the songwriter said, amazing grace. Um, you can't come in contact with revelation of grace and not cry. And not be, you, you are broken. Man, you, you'll be so broken. You'll be, be amazed at how humble God is. You'll be totally amazed at how loving God is. It's the dimension that nothing, compa- there is nothing, no reference point to that. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Then he says, the next verse, please, let's go. But you must continue to believe what? This truth. And stand firmly where? In it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you had the good. He said, continue to believe this truth. Why? Because the enemy won't want you to believe it. He will give you something else. Looks religious. Isaiah 54.10 For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed but my kindness shall not depart from you nor shall my covenant of peace be what? Removed. God said that foul. It's not going anywhere. Because the blood already shed. Blood already shed. Not going anywhere. Says the Lord who had mercy on you. Didn't he say my mercy will never depart from you? It's of the Lord's mercy we are not And his mercy what? Endureth. Come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy to the Holy Spirit through scriptures. And the Bible says we should go and preach this to people. Tell people that you have been reconciled to God. It, it, the, my mentor said something, and he said the greatest tragedy is that people will go to hell who have been reconciled to God and we didn't tell them. So they will go to hell. Because they won't, recon- they won't accept that reconciliation. Because we who were sent to tell them, they didn't tell them that. We went and we were judging them, calling them sinners telling them what they need to do. They did nothing. They have already been reconciled. While we were yet what? Sinners. Reconciled. What will we do again? It's finished. Second Corinthians 5.18 And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. You see the thing? God brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. For God was in Christ reconciling how many people? The world to himself. Why? Christ died for the whole world. That blood was shed for the whole world. Nineteen. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer, can we read that together? No longer what? Counting people's sins. Why? Christ's blood was shed for them. Why should God be counting it when he said, you've been, peace has been mediated with this blood. Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant. For the remittance of what? The whole world. God is not confused. 
For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So why do you ask them, confess all your sins? What are you counting it for? When God says, I'm not counting it. I'm not counting it. What are you counting it for? Let me read the TPT. In other words, TPT, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping record of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. Just come. Say why? He gives reason. 21, for God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we might now become what? Righteousness of God through our union with Christ. Come. Just come. We preach the wrong message and people who come, many people who come to church are not saved. I wasn't the first person to say this. It was saved by those who preached the gospel many years ago. Charles Wesley said that he came to realize that a lot of people in churches are not saved. Charles Wesley and I heard it from other people who preach this gospel. Say they have only mental accent. They have not accepted Christ with their whole heart. Because nobody told them the gospel. That God said, go tell them. They are very concerned with me. So they come with faith in what Christ has done. People come. We make them do a lot of things. And we think that is the way. When Christ is the only way. When the foundation is faulty, everything else is faulty. And the only foundation God has laid is what? Christ himself. Upon which you lay your faith. Not on your rituals, not on your confessions, not on nothing. Christ on solid rock. What? Stand. When we, I beg you, join us as we study the book of Galatia. You will see how the devil is fighting this message. He furiously. And how Paul stood against it. He said, I fought with beasts at Ephesus. That's what they called them. Beasts. Put in another way, Ephesians 1.17. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our what? Not going to forgive it. Christ paid for it. He reconciled us to God. You know, we bring this carnal mind of wickedness. And we think that God is wicked. And we think, hey, of all the things they've done, what of you? What of you? Do we start counting what you did? Now, this is where people have problems. First John 1, 9. It's where many people have issues. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what? To give us our sins and to cleanse us from all. So they say, Pastor, the Bible says you shall confess 
So they said to Sister Angor, come to our church now. Sister Angor, you want to give your life to Christ? Sister Angor says, yes. He said, come. See, the Bible says if you confess, I said, Sister Angor, confess what? God said, but I'm not counting it. This scripture, listen to me, church, was not written to unbelievers. It was written to Christians who already have received forgiveness of what? Sins. Because now they are alive in the spirit. They are both, they recognize what they did wrong. And God said, take responsibility now because you are no more dead in sin and trespasses. You come alive. I've given you life. I've given you spirit to know the things of God. But these people are dead in sin and spirit. How do you go to a dead man and say, confess your sins? He's looking at you. But you have come alive. You have received life. You are no more dead. And by the spirit of God, you can know that I lied. This is wrong. God says, start taking responsibility for what you confess it to. Now look at 1 John 2, 12. That would take, this, this one we read was 1 John 1 verse 9, right? Come on, church, right? So this is, we're still talking about 1 John, right? So let's go to chapter 2 and see who he wrote this thing to. 1 John 2, 12. I write, put it there. I want us to read it together. Let's go. I want to go. I write unto you, little children, because you have sins. So who is he writing to? People whose sins have been forgiven. For his name's sake. Christ mediated this peace. You have accepted it. Your sins is not going to be forgiven. Already forgiven. But he's telling them, confess your sin, which will now come in. So he's telling, you are Christians now. You have received forgiveness of sins. You have received reconciliation. You are now in Christ. So you can know what you are doing now. You are no more blind. It's like telling your child, my friend, you are grown up. You should take responsibility. Clean up this sin. The next verse. I write unto you, fathers, because you have know him. That is from where? The beginning. Then I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked. And I write unto you, little children, because you have known the father. So who is he writing to? Talk to me. Huh? The unbelieving friends or to Christians? It's Christians. He said, when you do something, take responsibility for what you've done. Acknowledge it. It will help you. If you don't acknowledge what you've done, how do you work on it? You can't neglect it. You say, confess it is to make you aware, to make you realize that this is happening so that you can begin to work on it, working out your salvation. So what is unbeliever? The scripture says, which you tell the unbeliever, Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, who? That's all he does. He's not confessing anything. He's confessing the Lord Jesus. And shall believe in the heart. Believing in the heart is important. Not on the lips. Heart. Believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be what? Where did you see him enumerating his sins? Here. People, why do we do things like this? Why?
Then we said we are no more under the law. Then this is why people have difficulty. So they think, oh, if we're under the law, they were lawless. No. It's because you haven't understood the gospel. The gospel sweeps you away from the law because the law can't give you strength to do whatever God wants you to say. Because if I say because of the weakness of our flesh, we can't obey the law. Um, the Bible says obvious that by this obeying the law, we can't even be accepted by God. So what did God do? God switched us from the law to his spirit. He said, I'll give you something powerful enough to deal with your flesh. Something very powerful that will control your flesh. This flesh that won't let you obey the law, I'm going to give you something very powerful that can do what? Control it. And not only control it, will guide you. Not only guide you, will reveal me to you. Which is more powerful and more effective than the laws of Moses. Am I communicating to you? More powerful. You are not, you are not lawless. No, you are being guided. You are not lawless. You are being guided by the Spirit. And if the God is guiding you, you think oh, God guide you to sin? Do you think in heaven, the Lord asked me a question. He said, do you think in heaven we have traffic laws? <laughs> he said, do you think we mark streets? He said, no, by nature, we walk in perfect righteousness. By nature. And that's the nature God downloaded into you. God downloaded this nature into you. I'm using the word he used to teach me. So I downloaded it. Let me use the word you people use. So I downloaded my nature into your DNA. You have become a partaker of divine nature. Praise the Lord. If you follow us in the study of Galatia, you will understand these things better. So the scripture said that God has poured his love into us. And the Bible says, love is the fulfillment of the law. That love does not commit evil. And God has poured this love that doesn't commit evil into you. So that this love will control you and guide you in the path of perfect will of God. Am I shooting over your head? Are you following me? Can we say hallelujah? Can we say another amen? Yeah, that's what it is. Galatians 5.18. But if you are laid of the spirit, you are not under the law. The law is what you do. It's carnal. It's what you do. Laid of the spirit is divine empowerment, which is far better for you. Which will keep you in line better. The law won't tell you who to marry. The spirit will tell you. The Spirit gives you more information than the law gives. Tells you what God is doing in your life that you will never get by the laws of Moses. Tell you exactly the, the message of the kingdom is revealing it to you. So you walk in the light of it. He will show you things to come. The law will tell you what to come. The Spirit will show you things to come and help you pray and help you plan how to avoid it. He will tell you, see that place you want to go, don't go there. Don't go there. The law will tell you that. I remember my cousin, well, I regretted it. I said, you should come, Daphne, you need to come. You need to come and share with the church. You have walk with the spirit. Amazing experience this guy had. He said, the Lord told me one morning, he said, that place you want to get a house, don't, don't join them. I said, Lord, but that's why all the girls are, let me say, medical doctor, very good one. One of the best in Canada right now. He said, that's why they are going to medical school students. He said, the only women there, why can I go and live? God said, don't live there. Go go. 
I'm going to show you how the guidance of the Spirit is so superior to any other thing in your life. You need it. So Daphne went and went and joined the girls. Three days after, that place burnt. All the girls were killed, only four remained. All of them burnt. Tim, you don't need guidance of the Spirit, you do. We live in this world that is full of all manner of things. You need him to guide you circumspectly. All those traps of the fowler that you don't recognize, you think is Christianity, he will guide you away from it. The Lord knows the way to the Look at 2 Corinthians 3, 7. Now, if the dispensation of death, see, see how the Spirit of God is explaining the law, because the law brought death. Oh, yeah, the law says, the soul that sinner shall what? But he didn't give solution. What is the solution there? He left it like that, and that's it. So the Bible says, in Adam, all die. Is that what you want to follow? You remain in death. They want to come to Christ and receive reconciliation, be accepted by God. You choose. So he says, now if the dispensation of death engraved in letters on stone, that the ministration of the Lord was inaugurated with such glory and splendor that Israelites were not able to look steadily in the face of Moses because of its brilliance. Remember, when Moses came down his face, they couldn't look at it. The Holy Spirit is saying, that brilliance that all that glory had, that was to fade and pass away. Because God has, the law is deleted. The law is obsolete. He said, that glory is to fade and pass away. He says, why should not the dispensation of the spirit, the ministry, the spiritual ministry, whose task is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, be attended with much greater and more splendid glory? For if the service that condemns the ministration of doom had glory. How infinitely more abounding in splendor and glory must be the service that makes people righteous. Don't you understand what the Spirit of God is saying? That what I'm doing is more glorious than what the Lord does. That I brought you life, I brought you righteousness, I reconciled you to God. The Lord couldn't do that. Can't you get it? Look at the life of a man was described as filled with faith and full of the Spirit. Full of faith, full of the Spirit. I was, doing, I was walking out on my wife's treadmill. I don't go to the treadmill. So I was walking out there. It's difficult to walk out of the treadmill because I raised the incline anyway. So I was almost. <sighs> looking at the time to be over so that I get down from here. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, do you know everything is by my spirit? If it's not my spirit, it is carnal. It will profit you. Everything. Everything is by my spirit. And the click in my spirit, poof, that that's it. 
will say, without you, you can do everything, my brother, everything. That's why we're under the guidance and empowerment of this word. Everything. So look at the life of Stephen. What the spirit, what the power of the spirit does in the life of a man. He makes the man unique. Hey, Moses said, how will they know that we're your people? God, is it not your presence in us? Is it the law you gave us? Is it that law that will make people know we're different? No, it's your presence. It's your presence in among us that all the nations will now know that it distinguishes us from them. And that's what God did in your life. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's what distinguishes you. That's why you should lay hands on the sick. They shall be healed. There is power that worketh where? In you. That's why you should decree a thing. It shall be established. Because you talk by the power and the anointing of that spirit. You should live by the spirit, not by the flesh. When you pray on the unction of the spirit, it is powerful. I'm not kidding. Look at his life in Acts chapter 7, 59. And they stoned Stephen. A man we were told, full of the spirit. See what the life of the spirit does. Tell me if you can do this naturally. They, they said, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive what? My spirit. Man. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Are you kidding me? They are stoning you. They don't have to stone you. If there's somebody that is agreeing with you. They don't have to stone you. You made a suggestion. He made a different one. Your anger comes. You are, you, you are boiling. Are you, is, this still, is this the life of a man? Full of the spirit? It's called carnal life. told me, said, my spirit has ended. So powerful. We think it's only for falling down. No, it's for your daily life. It's to distinguish you from the heathens. Moses said, how will they know that we are your people? Is it not the presence of your spirit in our life? Because what it does, no human being can Some of you who come late, very soon, one day you come late, you will find six. You'll be sitting outside. Mark my word. Some of you come late, one day, very soon, you come late. The ushers will tell you, go to the basement. You will have service where? That will cure you from lateness. The power of the spirit. What it does, beyond human imagination. In the life of a man, a man knelt down praying for people who are stoning him. It's not natural. It's humanly possible. That's why I say we are not under the law. We are now under the power of the spirit. So he can manifest divine nature that died on the cross for you, through you for others. 
So it becomes very important then that one of the ways that we should work out our salvation, one of the ways we should work it out is to develop faith in Christ. Develop faith in the power of the Spirit. Paul said, your faith should not be in the, power of the, in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Christ is the power of God. Let's, we talk of this, the Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Because Christ is God. Christ was here in the physical form. When he was going, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come back to you. And he came. The Spirit of God that came. It is the Spirit of Christ in the Spirit. That's why I say, Lord, I'm with you always. Romans 10, 16. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message now? So faith comes from what? Hearing. And that is hearing the good news about Christ. So that's how faith comes. Because to manifest the power of God, it takes just faith. That's all. If you believe you have it, you have it. If you don't believe you have it, if you like, bring all the television people praying for you, televangelists, whatever. The Bible says, let not man, that man think he shall receive what? Anything. You will receive it. I don't care the anointing you have, whatever. You know, people don't understand God. They think this is an anointing issue. No, it's an ignorance issue. God said, my people are destroyed for what? Yeah. If it's an anointing issue, you know, Jesus was anointed without limit. But he went to his hometown. The Bible said he couldn't heal them. Could not means not able. Read it in Mark chapter 11. I think Mark chapter, chapter 6, verse 5 or so. Could not heal them. He said they, they could not believe him. Could not receive from him. He couldn't heal them. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and what? Some people are going around looking for, they think if I find this man is more anointed. You are just walking in serious. You need help. Because that thing you are looking for in your bedroom, you can get it. Right on your knees, right there. All things are possible to them. If you carry on belief to the whether the man is anointed with this whole world, he can't be more anointed than Jesus. But Jesus could not heal them. Who is, is he not the same Jesus that is still healing? Is it the man healing? That's why you see all this tripping around. And they go get frustrated, they run away from them. They try this. You know, I pass, I watch you people go, I've been laughing, they're going around. The scripture cannot be broken. Go develop your faith. Case closed. By faith, you receive. By faith, you start. Faith is your victory. You don't care about it. You want anointing, be going for anointing now. Let me see if God will violate his word. If you like, fly around, you come back there to this Bible. It is here. Cannot be violated. So the primary thing we do is develop our faith. Very important. And that faith comes from knowing Christ. Developing your faith is primary duty of every Christian. If you want to work out your salvation, you can work it out in unbelief and doubt. Stephen, a man full of faith. Before full of spirit, faith. This is full of, no, no, faith. Full of faith. You should be described as a Christian full of what? Faith. 
full of faith. So Luke chapter 10, verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Matter, matter, thou art careful and troubled about what? Many things. Like we are today, many things. But one thing is needful. Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus said, one thing is needful. Go and study, develop your faith. You say to Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. I have many things to do. Okay. Enjoy yourself. Be doing many things. Look at what the scripture says about this Bible, this scripture, this gospel. In Colossians 1, 6. This same good news which we are preaching here. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your life from the day you first had and and what? It's not just hearing. And yeah, talk to me, come on. And I think I'm in your backyard now. And what? So it's not just hearing. The, Jesus said every time the word is being preached, that those who don't understand it, the devil will pick it from them. It will be a no fruit at all. Understanding is key. Brethren, it is important. You owe it to yourself. There are, everybody outside there, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. All of you out there, listen to me. You must listen. Either you stand there and listen or you sit down and listen. He said, verse 7, Colossians 1, 7. What did he say? You learned about the good news from Epiphras, our beloved co-worker. He's Christ's faithful servant, and he's helping us on your... They were taught this thing. God will teach us. God will teach us. You can't be wiser than me. If you can get by without teaching, I say, okay, then. But I, will you be humble enough to listen to them? Now, John 16, 2 talks to us about living in presumption. Presumption is what you think. And listen, if you don't have truth, if you don't have knowledge and understanding, you're bound to walk in what you think is the truth. You're bound to. Because Jesus said, it, they make sure that the light in you is the real light. Say, if it's not the real light, darkness will overflow your heart. We are bound to think, it has to be this. It has to be this. It's called ignorance. Jesus said, my people are destroyed because of it. The white man calls it presumption. Presumptive activities are dangerous. Very dangerous spiritually because the devil will tap on it because he knows it's not true. Look at John chapter 16 too. They shall put you out of the synagogue. Yea, the time cometh that whoever killed you, what will he think? Whoever killed you, what will he think? We think he dwelt God what? So you know how many things we do? We think that is it. Do you know how many things we do? And we can defend it 
Huh. I used to fight the message of grace. I used to say these people, to the query to these people. I said, if you remove the law, how do we even drive? I said, see what they are telling us. So, that we're going to, so if we don't have the law, how do we drive? I've been preaching. I said, these people are talking rubbish. Because I thought that I was doing God. But God said to Paul, my grace is all you need. What was I preaching against? The very grace that God said it was, that is what you need. <laughs> because I thought. I thought. I thought that I was preaching the gospel. I thought. How many things we think and we come here and we listen. And one day God spoke to me this young guy. So you are not listening to your teacher. You are not in the honor of Jesus. You know, I, I, I get so encouraged. Because after I preached last Sunday, RJ people sent me their discussion. Man, it was dead on target. It was what I was preaching. I said to God, I'm happy that these younger ones who are handing over, they get it. Praise the Lord. I'm happy they get it. Get it just like that. Somebody say, Pastor, it's because they didn't have any junk in their mind. Then delete your own junk. John 16, 3. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father, nor they don't know. So we need to develop, we need to develop our knowledge of Christ. So we know him. Understand the gospel. So it will, it will, it will produce in your life. It's no point coming to church and just being a bench warmer. Hebrew 4 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they had did not profit them. Can you imagine that? The word is not profiting. Not being mixed with faith in those who had it. Number two, another way that we can work out our salvation is prayers of consecration. I didn't say prayers of asking for job. Those are important things. You can ask for a job, get a job. In fact, let me give you news. Huh? I should have, I would have forgotten this one. I had a wonderful news. CVS, Walmart, they are reducing their hours of pharmacy because they lack pharmacies. So when I read it, I said, my opportunity has And they said there is so much shortage of pharmacies now. So I said, if I come to the church, I'm going to tell you something. Opportunity, opportunity calls, but Look out for you, see what I've said. <laughs> opportunity calls, what? But in fact, I send that news to my email. I say, wow. You want me to go? You don't want me to earn more money. Look at you. <laughs> they were writing sign-up bonus. Even give the lunch broker for lunch bonus to go and chop. Eh? I said, eh? This is amazing. I'm moving to Florida <laughs> or Texas. 
where I get more. No, I'm joking. I'm not going anywhere. This is more important than pharmacy. This is God's pharmacy, God's medicine. Praise the Lord. So, I'm talking about prayer of consecration. Acts 6.4. But we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's how you succeed with God. You've got to continually make time to study his word and to give yourself to this prayer. What kind of prayer am I talking about? I'm talking about a prayer of consecration where you consecrate yourself to the will of God. Man, if you learn to pray prayer of consecration, your life will boom, boom, boom. All those things you are begging God for, you speak to them, they happen. You speak to them, they happen. I called Chuka one time, I told you, I said, Chuka will have back lady here. I said, look at what we are paying him in our mortgage. Paying monthly this. I said, this is the house of God. Where is the divine power in this? I said, we are going to pay 50000 every month. He looked at me. I said, we are going to. I said, it's coming from He's alive, you can ask him. I won't tell you more than this. Because I said I'm not telling you further. If you want to know more, you can see me in my office. Then you pay two before I tell you more. They walked. By saying so. By declaring it. By pronouncing it. He walked. That's how I live my life. I declare it, pronounce it. If it's the will of God, I say so. Once it's the will of God, I say so. I declare it. I pronounce it. I believe I have it. It works. Some don't come immediately, but they finally come. It's important to build your faith. It's by faith you live. Faith is your victory. Faith pleases God. You can't please God without it. Wigglesworth was preaching. He said, God has no use for people who doubt. He said, God doesn't need them. He said, he needs people who trust him, who are standing in faith. Stephen, a man full of, they were chosen. They were chosen. So look at the kind of prayer I'm talking about. Colossians 4.12. Epiphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you. Always Epiphras, what are you praying about? Always devoting fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Period. Consecrated them to the will of God. That they will stand perfect and complete in the will of God. Because if they kick in, if they kick into it, healing will come. Everything will come. He that does the will of God abided forever. Everything will come. He knows that that's the key to walking in unity with this power of the Spirit we're talking about. To be in agreement with Him. That's the key. Man, that's the key. Because God doesn't do anything except His own will. He wants everything after the counsel of His will. So if you want to kill to divine power, you kill to His will. If you get out of His will, you're your own. Again, thinking that presumption. You think it's like this. You think it. First Timothy 2.1. I urge you, first of all, to pray. Pray for all people. Ask God to help them. 
Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Verse 2. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceable and quiet lives marking, marked by godliness and dignity. Why should you pray this way? This is good and pleases, pleases God our Savior. Who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So the will of God is for you to understand the truth. And wants every other person to understand. Who is the truth? Christ is the truth. When we study this Galatia, you will see that the scripture is actually pointing to Christ relentlessly. Going nowhere. Because that's the only hope of glory man has. Relentlessly. Relentlessly. He wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is only one God. See, he starts expatiating on this truth, what that truth means. For there is only one God and one mediator. He goes back to that message. One mediator. Who, who, who can reconcile God and what? He's going back to that reconciliation, that peace covenant. He's taking us back to it all the time. Taking us back to it. Because without it, you have no relationship with God. The man cried Jesus. He gave his life to purchase what? Huh? He gave his life to purchase what? Freedom for how many people? This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Let me show you an example of such prayer again. Colossians 1.9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. What are you praying for us about? What can I be praying for myself about? So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. All this one month we've been praying. Where did this come into your prayer? Let's take your prayer list and see what is there. See what we don't go. Go and check out this arrogy, what they pray about. You'll be shocked. How you'll be so, you'll be so. These people are just up there. I talk with them. They, talk, they always talk with me. You'll be so surprised why these children have gone. Where their mind is. Where is you? You see. Come here, you see. Why those people in the, come all of you in the booth. Come, come up here. Run, 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 run. You are young, run. Run up here. Come, come quickly. Where are you? Come. Uh -huh. where, where, where are they? They are coming. Come. If you, have, if you don't have shoe, come without shoe. I want you up here. Come, come, all of you, come. Come up here. Come, come. I come. Where is my, where is the, my, my, my son that puts this on me? What is he? He's a student. Is he downstairs? Okay, so come now. How old do you think these children are? Do you know when they come here? They come before you. These children come here out before you. They come Saturdays. They come before you. Look at their age. Look at their age. Look at this one. See. Stand up, all of you. Stand up, my friend. Look at their age. Look at them. They 
came here, I don't know when, how, before I came, they were here. These children were practicing, they were praying inside there, seeking God for this service. These children, look at them. You know what is moving them? The Spirit of God. They've learned how to latch onto Him, and He's showing them glory. This ministration has more glory. You can't stop them. Something has got a hold of them. They have no interest in the world. Lie, lie. This thing we are preaching, bearing fruits. I'm telling you. Thank you. God bless you. To give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual what? Wisdom. You know, they came out to the Napoleon. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual what? Wisdom. And see, without understanding. Continue. Then the way you live will always do what? Honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you grow as you learn to know God better. This is the prayer I'm talking about. This is the type of prayer I'm talking about. And it's all over the Bible. You will, you will see the church where they are fighting them. You will see it where they come together to pray and they are binding and losing the devil. One time, they, Paul encountered one, cast it in him. Continue what was. When you go and spend all night fighting the devil, you are not praying. I'm fighting the devil. The one you fought yesterday, why did he come back? You will sleep. All the ignorance. The devil is where? You must learn. Sunday I'll continue. I'll teach you divine authority. You will never go and be fighting with the devil anymore. It's insulting to the spirit of God that has a great glory. Do you know who you carry? You carry God. There's no fight. He's been defeated. It's under your feet. All you do is impose divine will on him. Declare to him who you are. Tell him where to stand and say, you st you're not coming here. You're not doing this. Look, I was coming to church one day. I saw one demon. Puni, this is not oh, Puni. He was walking towards my house. I said, I don't have time for you. I'm going to church. I don't have time for you. Why? No weapon formed against me. Whether I saw you, they didn't see you. It makes no difference. Because I have Christ in me. I'm covered by the covenant that cannot be broken. No hand that set forth against me shall prosper. I have overcome the world because the greater one lives in me. What fight are we fighting? He showed me that thing to distract me from coming to church. So I will start thinking about it and say, no, I am focused on Christ. My faith in you or nothing done.
distract me. I say, look at this one, defeat me. If you, I don't care where you're going. I'm focused on Christ. I'm going to preach. I'm going to serve him. I don't have time for you being defeated. Okay, it's good. Let's bow our heads. I don't know what you had. I don't know what the Spirit of God is telling you. But you must have understanding. You must have understanding of Otherwise, they will pick these things. I think you continue doing all these things that, that is not part of the kingdom business. Simple faith. Simple. Makes all things possible. Simple. All you need is, is grace. Which is poured on us in Christ Jesus. He reconciled us to God. 